A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule. If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Heretics Christianizing the American dream. I said that you, uh, that, that many LDS folks and I uh, love the same Jesus. Uh, I still believe that. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. Treating Jesus like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke to my heart. There's very few times I've ever heard God be this articulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. I'm not asking you with I'm asking you to brush your hair. That's what God commanded. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Master's Dog, episode 143. I'm your host, Norm, The Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. The Evangelical Norm. So The Master's Dog podcast is a podcast I use to deal with false teachers, false gospels, false doctrines, um, false prophets. If they're out there and they are coming against God's word with untruth and heresy, blasphemy, whatever we want to call it, um, I bark. Just as the the quote at the beginning of the introduction from John Calvin, when God's truth is attacked, I bark. So that's the whole purpose of this podcast. It started out dealing with the uh, Saints Unscripted podcast. They created a segment called Faith and Beliefs. They started talking about the LDS Articles of Faith, and I wanted to respond to those and show how they didn't line up with biblical Christianity. After the 13 Articles of Faith, they continued on. Uh, so I committed to respond to every one of the videos they did in that segment, which I have. A couple of them I haven't actually shown the video, just a screenshot and said, this is really kind of pointless. Uh, but for the most part, I have responded to every one of those videos in some way uh, to deal with the false teachings of the Mormon church. Later on, after I'd been doing that for a bit, I saw that there were other you know, pseudo-Christian cults, other people within uh the greater, what, what most people would look at, the greater umbrella of Christendom, who are false teachers, and I wanted to deal with them as well. So that's when I changed the podcast from Faith and Beliefs Refuted to The Master's Dog and just deal with all sorts of false teachers. Also, we do the, the False Teacher of the Week uh, segment of this podcast every Saturday, so you can check that out too. Um, Again, so there's there's just a little bit of the, the background of the podcast for those who are new. We are continuing to get more and more subscribers weekly, um, three to four, maybe five every week. Uh, that is because of you guys who like the videos, share the videos, comment on the videos. Any way you, uh, you interact with those videos makes the algorithm send it out to more and more people who would be interested in seeing it, finding it so on views are going up subscribers are going up and i owe that all to you guys who are the watchers and faithful listeners and uh likers subscribers all that stuff so if you haven't already please hit the subscribe button hit the like share whatever it is wait till the end of the video to like it you i want you to like something that you haven't watched right so um but hit those things and hit the notification button that was what i was going to say get all the content that i release here i'm actually in the process of in the next 
40 minutes or so, I'm going to record three podcasts that are all going to drop here throughout the day. Uh, so stay tuned for those. So all that to be said, let's get into today. We are back with our friends from Saints Unscripted. We are going to respond to um, David is talking about the golden plates. And so this is an argument that I have brought up. Um, so I don't know that he's specifically responding to me personally or any of any number of people who have probably brought this article or this this topic up, this argument up of the golden plates, excuse me, and the fact that we see that um, we're told that when Joseph did translate, the plates were either not in the room or they were covered by a thing. Nowhere actually do we see any kind of account of Joseph actually, and we'll get into this here. Uh, in a minute, I think I'm getting a little bit of my, ahead of myself. But I have brought this up. What is the purpose of the plates at all if Joseph didn't actually need them? If he's just putting a seer stone in the hat and putting his hat over his face and then reading words off a stone, what is the purpose of even having the gold plates? So Dave is going to talk about that. I'm going to respond to that. We're going to see what is up with that. So uh, here we go. David Snell, Saints Unscripted. What purpose did the golden plates serve? Hey guys, so as you already know, and as we've discussed in other videos, Joseph Smith translated the ancient Book of Mormon metal plates predominantly by using two tools, his own personal seer stone and two Nephite seer stones called interpreters, or also known as a Urim and Thummim, which he discovered with the plates. When he used his personal seer stone, he would put the stone in a hat and bring his face close to the hat to block out light and would then dictate text to his scribe. In other words, apparently, Joseph didn't actually need to have the gold-colored metal plates open in front of him. Gold-colored, did he just say gold-colored yellow plates or gold-colored metal plates? I gotta, I gotta just back that up a minute and hear exactly what he said. In other words, apparently, Joseph didn't actually need to have the gold-colored metal plates open in front of him in order... Okay. So the the reason for using that terminology, gold-colored metal plates, is because people like Bill McKeever and so on have, have suggested and, and shown with good accuracy that Joseph Smith probably wouldn't even be able to carry plates like that if they were gold because of the weight and the size, the, the pliability. They were, it was very likely that they weren't written on. Uh, you couldn't really engrave on them in the way that it is is shown or suggested that it was just because of the the makeup of gold. And so the LDS church has had to back up from saying the golden plates, which I was always taught as a kid, to now they are gold colored metal plates. We don't know what oh, they were some kind of alloy. They just happen to look like gold. And I, I, just again. The, it's the, the constant backing up, the backpedaling from everything that I learned as a Mormon when I was a kid and up through 19 years old when I finally did leave the Mormon church. Um, everything is being backpedaled. Everything has to come back because with the, you know, with the Internet, the research that is available, all the stuff that has kept uh, been kept historically by the LDS church it just continues to come back and condemn and condemn and condemn the doctrines and the teachings of the LDS church. So for apologists today, they have to do all kinds of, you know, theological acrobatics to 
maintain some kind of semblance to the narrative of how the, the LDS church began. To translate them. This has led some people, like this guy from Quora, to wonder, what is the point of Moroni lugging those plates all through America to Hill Cumorah, then telling Joseph to dig them up year after year, then have the plates be a major burden on the Smith family, also he could look in his hat? This makes no sense. And there's a fair question in there. If the plates weren't needed for the translation, why were they needed at all? What purpose did they serve? Let's talk about it. Okay, so as we go into this, full transparency here. I don't believe the plates ever existed. I think the, uh, the witnesses' accounts are either just outright lies or decept demonic deception. That's where I lean towards, and we'll talk about that as we get into this. I lean more towards the demonic deception, the fact that they, they were seen with the eye of faith and so on. I will grab my, my book here and we'll read the actual uh, accounts in a second, but we'll get into it. But that's where I sit. I don't, think, I don't think the plate served any purpose because I don't think they actually existed. All right, so the fact is that we don't know a whole lot about the process or mechanics of the translation of the Book of Mormon record. That's an outright lie. That is just, this is again, we got about, we don't really know a whole lot. There is account after account after account of what Joseph did <clears throat> by the people who were his scribes, Cowdery, Emma, uh, Harris, and so on, of how he did what he did. He gives the account himself. He says that I would put the stone in the head, I would look at the stone, the word would show up and it wouldn't disappear until it was written down correctly and then we would move on. So the fact to even start out the video saying we really don't know all the mechanics and blah, blah, blah is an outright lie. From the jump, this is deception. In 1831, when Joseph's brother Hiram asked him to explain in a meeting how the translation happened, Joseph said that it was not intended to tell the world all the particulars of the coming forth of the Book of Mormon, and also said that it was not expedient for him to relate these things. On several occasions, he simply said that he translated the record by the gift and power of God, and he left it at that. So, since we don't know what role the plates played in the translation process, it's hard to dogmatically state whether or not they were needed in that process. For example, some evidence has led scholar Don Bradley to assert, while translating from the seer stone allowed Joseph to leave the plates wrapped up or in a distant hiding place, translating through the interpreters required the plates to be physically present and uncovered. If that was in fact the case, then Joseph did indeed need the plates in order to translate under some circumstances. There's just a lot we don't know about how the translation process worked. But even if the plates weren't needed for the translation at all, that doesn't by any means render them useless. For example, it took Joseph years before he was permitted by the angel Moroni to remove the plates from the hillside. The plates served as motivation for Joseph to strive to be worthy of his prophetic calling, and once he was able to receive the plates, he then became directly accountable and responsible for them. And if the historic record is accurate, that was a challenging thing. People tried to take them by force multiple times. Has he got the gold? Oh yeah. Come on, let's cut him off. The existence of the plates helped shape Joseph's character and instilled in him the seriousness of his calling. But they served another purpose as well. The existence of the plates, if they were authentic, confirms that the people the Book of Mormon talks about were actually real. 
The plates were an actual ancient Nephite artifact. There are some today that suggest that the Book of Mormon is only metaphorically. Okay, so that just leads us to the question, where are the plates? Where are the plates? If they're an actual Nephite artifact, I mean, we have so many biblical artifacts and so on, but we have no Nephite, art, Nephite artifacts. We don't have, we don't have the Urim and Thummim. We don't have the uh, Leahona or whatever. Have the, the yeah, the Leahona, the the compass thing supposedly that that uh, Nephi had to get around with or whatever. We have nothing. We have no plates. There's nothing there. We have we have the accounts of some witnesses written down on a piece of paper in a book, and that's it. We have no plates. We have no artifact. I mean, it's just it's just simple. They're not here. Where are they? We can reproduce all kinds of other things. We cannot come up with these plates to show any kind. We can come up with kinderhook plates and we can come up with these other things that are obvious uh, fakes and, and so on that were intended to you know to fool joseph smith which actually did but we have no plates the angel apparently took them back they're not hidden in the hill anymore they're not any they're just taken away to heaven to wherever what if if heaven is a spiritual place how can physical plates go there right it just all of this makes absolutely no sense to call these things to act like they ever existed it's just intellectual dishonesty because everything that we know leading up to this point shows that they they didn't exist true that it doesn't record events that actually happened it's a book of inspired but fictional parables the existence of the plates, in my opinion, removes that option from the table. Daniel Peterson described the plates as an indigestible lump in the throats of people who contend that there were no Nephites, but that Joseph Smith was nonetheless an inspired prophet. If the plates really existed, somebody made them. And if no Nephites existed to make them, then either Joseph Smith or God or somebody else seems to have been engaged in simple fraud. Let's just let that statement sit. Because if there was anything, again, if there was anything real that Joseph Smith was carrying around, anything people were trying to steal. Again, we have accounts from Joseph that people tried to steal these plates from him. No one else. No one else. We don't have, a, a, you know, we don't have anything from the people who tried to steal them. You know, we don't have any journal entries or anything else saying, hey, there's this guy that has some gold. Right. I mean, you probably wouldn't expect to see that, but there's no nothing else. We have we have Joseph Smith's storytelling and that's all we have is Joseph Smith's storytelling, which we know he was very good at from a young age. And he told grand stories. So. Again. We've got the statements of some some witnesses that we have seen the grace of uh, that we through the grace of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ have seen the place which contain this record you know through the grace of God it, not that they we okay here they are we went to the place where Joseph Smith said they were hidden and we picked them up and we looked it was only through the grace of God okay this is wording that this is something that is is not right um 
let's see, be it known to all nations, kindred tongues, people whom we shall work, Joseph Smith, translator, which has has shown unto us the plates which he has spoken, which have the appearance of gold, and many leaves, as Joseph Smith translated, we did handle with our hands and engravings, um, and thus we bear a record. So, a little different on this one, but still. And we lie not. This is that's a that's a statement that bothers me. I've never given a statement to anybody, you know, and said, you know, written it all out and go. And I'm not lying. Again, it, it's just there's there's weird little circumstances in the witness accounts and so on that Joseph showed something. But it wasn't these plates. These plates don't exist. The testimony of the witnesses exists, I think, to force a dichotomous choice. True or false? False. And, to be perfectly frank, the plates also might have served as a physical reminder to Joseph himself that he wasn't cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. So I'm not crazy! <laughs> and they were evidence for the witnesses of the plates as well that Joseph wasn't crazy. In fact, after the three witnesses were shown the plates by an angel, Joseph threw himself down by his parents and said, Father, Mother, you do not know how happy I am. The Lord has now caused the plates to be shown to three more besides myself. They have seen an angel who has testified to them, and they will have to bear witness to the truth of what I have said, for now they know for themselves. Okay, so again, they've seen an angel. Satan disguises himself as an angel of light in... The little old Book of Mormon introduction that actually identifies uh, the angel as an angel of light. Um, let me see if I can find it. Do, 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 do. I thought I have it circled in here. Oh, there. Nope, not that. Can't find it in the thing. But again, Joseph talks about when being visited in his room, and it's been changed since the 1979 version. But. Uh, identifies that he was visited by an angel of light. Um, and that was how he um, received the plates. And so now we get these guys who also, oh, here we go, Explan explanatory introduction to the Doctrine and Covenants. Um, or is this Pearl of Great Price? Let me see. Doctrine and Covenants, introductory, explanatory introduction, third paragraph, this took place early in the spring of 1890, in September 1823, and at later times, Joseph Smith received visitations from Moroni, an angel of light who appeared the resting place of the ancient record from which the, Joseph, the Book of Mormon was afterward translated. So, they see an angel, Joseph saw an angel, an angel of light. Satan dis disguises himself as an angel of light. I write all of this off as demonic deception. Again, we have no physical record to show that any of this ever actually happened, except for the writings of these people at this time. That's it. We're, there are no plates exist today. Again, oh well, God took them away because He wants us to have faith, and and, and this is all. These are all the things that I was told as a kid when I would ask these questions. Where are the plates now? You know. Um, God wants us to have faith. He wants us to believe in this by faith. That's why we have to pray about the Book of Mormon. We don't have any, you know, bib biblical evidence. We have manuscript evidence for days. 
thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of manuscripts which you can corroborate to about 99% accuracy to what we have in the Bible today. Do we have the autographs? Do we have the actual writings of David or uh, you know Moses? Or Probably not, but we have and we, we have the record of how it was translated and how it was rewritten, not translated, but but transcribed from one scroll to another, the meticulous way that it was done. We have, again, thousands of New, New uh, Testament manuscripts going back to within 50 years of Jesus' death. But yet there's nothing. There is no... that We have the, the original printing of the Book of Mormon from Joseph Smith's translations, and, and that's it. And then we have those that have been changed multiple times over the years to get to where the Book of Mormon is today. But there's no plates. There's nothing to go back to. There, there's no, I mean, you have what Joseph Smith put on paper, submitted to a publisher, and that's it. That is it. There's nothing to corroborate. There's no other, you know, no other person was given the opportunity to translate these to go, hey, look, we translated exactly what Joseph did and we were right. And then there's the, the other uh, issue of offshoot Mormon groups like the Strangites, which we just talked about over the last four weeks. Uh, the, the guys over in, New, in England, in Great Britain, Matthew Gill and his LDS church, Latter-day Church, or whatever, and his book of Jeronek, which they completely and totally dismiss. Yeah, well, no, and and so again, I I believe that that Gill has witnesses of his plates that were translated that were also taken away, apparently. So do you see the deception? Do you see the the misdirection? It's It's all illusion. It's smoke and mirrors is all that this is that I do not go about to deceive the people. And I feel as if I was relieved of a burden which was almost too heavy for me to bear. And it rejoices my soul that I am not any longer to be entirely alone in the world. Now, obtaining the physical plates was meaningful in yet another way that we'll get more into in our next episode. But by way of teasing next week's topic, the golden plates were found in a stone box along with a few other ancient Nephite relics. This golden record found in a stone box with its accompanying relics seems to mirror a stone record kept in a golden box along with its important ancient relics. Mormons believe Joseph Smith received golden plates from an angel on a hill when everybody knows that Moses got stone tablets from a burning bush on a mountain. It looks a lot like this. I love the fact that they use a, a, a clip that is completely mocking both Mormonism and Christianity from Stephen Colbert to kind of bolster up this claim that the, the stone box in the ground um, holding the golden plates is the, the American equivalent of the Ark of the Covenant holding the, the Ten Commandments, the plates of the Ten Commandments. And, and, and again, here's the deal. We have, we have none of these artifacts. We don't have an Ark of the Covenant. That's, that hasn't never been found. We don't have the, any of the artifacts that are in there. But neither do we have any of the artifacts that were supposedly found and testified to in the stone box. So one, we have, we have an artifact out there that we are told about in a book that 
we have never found. Is it potential that it's out there that we could find the Ark of the Covenant? Absolutely. Do I believe they will? I don't know. Jesus might come back before we find it. I, I'm not really concerned about that. Because again, we have manuscripts and all this stuff. And, and that's not the entirety of what the Bible is held within this scene. But then we have a stone tablet that we are told about, or a stone box that we are told about by somebody, who, which contains the gold plates of an entire book that we have none of the artifacts, even though it was supposedly found. The, the two, and I, I may have just like stepped all over the, the, um, the, the finish line or the, the punchline for next week's episode, apparently. But again, the two do not, do not coincide. Again, see here, he's going, this is, this is exactly what I was talking about with the strange eye stuff. With the strange eye stuff, he's like, oh, don't look at the similarities. Look at the differences. Now we come back to this and it's like, don't look at the differences. Look at the similarities, even though they're not really that similar. You know, there, there was no pomp and circumstance. You know, people died when they touched the Ark of the Covenant. Joseph Smith didn't die by grabbing into the, the, this other Ark of another covenant, right? I mean, the, the two, it was the, the Ark had very specific instructions on how to carry it and, and move it and do this and that. The other one, it was buried in the ground. A lot of, a uh, lot of respect and, and, uh, you know, pomp and circumstance for that arc. Nephite time capsule was in fact a Nephite Ark of the Covenant. That's all I'm going to say about that for now. At the end of the day, even though Joseph may not always have needed to have the golden plates open in front of him in order to translate, they still served and continue to serve multiple important purposes. If you want to dive deeper into this. All right, so that's the end of that. Um, and at the end of the day, what is reality is we have no, that I know of, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, someone send me some kind of a, a citation of some place where it is recorded by somebody that Joseph held these Urim and Thummim to his face, looked down at the, the gold plates and read them that way, as opposed to in a hat, on a stone, reading the word, doesn't disappear until the word is written correctly, and then the next word comes up. Somebody give me that, because we have no record of that. So to say that that is one of the ways that he translated is, I mean, it's, it's hearsay. We have, we have nothing. We have nothing to support that claim. All we have in the claim of Joseph Smith and all of the people who were with him is that the plates were always covered or weren't in the room and he had a rock in a hat. And, and even, you know, again, he supposedly found the Urim and Thummim and for, when I was a kid, everything was Urim and Thummim and then it came up, oh, it's a seer stone and it was his seer stone and he had it before and da-da-da-da-da and all this stuff. All of this points to Joseph Smith was a con man. And apparently a really good one, because as of today, I mean, he deceived and I don't know how if he if, if there was collusion or whatever, what, you know, oh, they maintained their testimony until the day that they died. Well, again, I don't I don't have anything on the day that any of these men died or, or leading up to except for a couple on the they were like, this is it. We know that a lot of those people were excommunicated or left the church. Almost all of them. If again, if I am if I am part of a church 
where I have been and I have had an angel come and show me these plates and say, this is the basis of this entire thing. Why would I ever leave it? I mean, if you've got that much absolute proof, then faith isn't required. And why would you go? You know, but yet all this. And so again, the people that left and, and I know they, they we've, we've done episodes on that argument and so on, but these men who were witnesses were either either kicked out or left that church because apparently the the knowledge and the the vision and the handling or whatever of these gold plates was not enough to make them continue to believe in this false religion until they died and again there's absolutely no evidence to show that any of the the the, the plates ever existed there really is none there's there's nothing prove me wrong so there you go guys the pointless plates uh i don't think they ever existed and i never will believe i did once upon a time believe that they existed and i had a testimony i prayed i had a burning in the bosom all that stuff and then i started to look at evidence i've said it before and i'll say it again to 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 believe in something where there is very little evidence for that for the truth of that or whatever we can call that faith to believe in something when there is mountains upon mountains of evidence piled up against it, that's just stupid. And that's offensive, I know, and I'm not sorry. So, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for watching. Again, if you haven't already subscribed, if you did like it, now's the time to like the video. Um, don't like it early on. Like it when you're done. If you didn't like it, you can you can hit the don't like. I'm, I'm okay with that. My, my ego isn't hurt. So thank you guys for taking the time. As always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.